Blog Talk Radio. You know, some of you people, you, you never learn economics. I never studied economics in school either, but I have learned how to work with material economics, but most of all, I have learned how to work with cosmic economics. And that's what we teach here. And you, some people, never dream or visualize themselves at that point where they can have money working for them. You are not designed to go through this world working for money all of your days in this dimension. Before you leave here, you should reach that point where money is working for you. I'm telling you folks, some of you, something here that was never told to you before. Some of you know it. Most of you don't. Most people think that all their days they've got to work for money. But you never really get into big money until you have your money working for you. You see, and that's the big thing about having money but not letting money, but not letting money have you. In your visualization, see yourself with savings certificates, interest-bearing accounts. See yourself with the right stocks and bonds. Now, don't go down and put your money on wrong stocks. This is why you must begin in your mind and tune into divine ideas so that you will be led and guided. And don't give your money to, some, to the first glib investment counselor that comes along. Be guided from within. And I see it here now. I visualize it for many of you, and I feel many of you accepting it now. And mark my word on this. Inside of the next 12 months, from this date, and I want you to write this date down right now. All of you who don't have, some of you who may not have a paper, have paper and pencil with you, when you get home, write down this date. Write down this date and write with it, I see myself having money working for me. Repeat that with me. I see myself having money working for me. Let me give you the prophecy. For the divine fortune teller in your mind says to you, before these things spring forth, I tell you of them. Inside of 12 months from this date, some of you who never knew anything about having money to work for you are going to come back up here on the same platform and you're going to write me and you're going to tell me, Reverend Ike, I have some money working for me. How do you think rich people got rich? By working for money? You never get rich, you never get wealthy by working for money. You only get wealthy by having money, what? Working for you. Some of you have never had this told to you before. And pardon me for being racial, but especially you black people. <laughs> but you know what Brother Seabrook said about Big Daddy Green Power? He'll turn you on. All right. And I want to say this again, and I want to be redundant. I'm telling you something that's very important. I'm telling you something right now some of you never heard before, and some of you will never hear in church. All you'll ever hear where you go is pie in the sky by and by when you die. 
that I'm teaching you how to get the pie before you die. And if you get some pie, you won't die so soon. You won't have to wait for the chariot from the sky. You'll be singing Swing Low Sweet Cadillac before you leave here. I'm turned on to an idea, and I feel a lot of people turning on with me. I want to say this again. Please listen to this. If you ever heard anything, if you ever let anything remain in your big head, you are not supposed to go all the way through this world having to work for money. Two things should happen. You should get to that place where you work, not because you have to, but because you want to. So here again, you're not supposed to go all the way through this world having to work. You should get to the place where you work because you want to, not because you have to. The next thing, you are not supposed to go all the way through this world, and please put this on television. You're not supposed to go all the way through this world having to work for money. You should reach that point where your money works for you. Get busy in your visualizations and visualize yourself in those two conditions. And I declare unto you that if you visualize yourself in this condition, and see yourself having money working for you and working just because you want to and not because you have to. It will happen to you. Let me give you some affirmations for this right now. I see myself in the position where I work because I want to and not because I have to. I see myself in the position where my money works for me instead of me having to work for money. The subject of our lesson today is developing your strength and courage. This is a part of a series of lessons titled Your Twelvefold Divine Power, Jesus and the Twelve Disciples as You and the twelve disciplines of your mind. This is an esoteric series giving the inner meaning of the various characters, events, 
and geographical locations mentioned in the Bible. And so we're talking about Jesus and the twelve disciples in terms of the inner meaning, the esoteric meaning, the spiritual meaning. Jesus and the twelve disciples are not simply historical figures. And so we'd like to give you some introductory banter on this subject. Jesus and the twelve disciples as you and the twelve disciplines are attributes of your mind. Jesus is not simply a historical figure or a theological figure, but Jesus is the God-conscious mind in man. And I want to have you repeat it after me as I shall say it again. Jesus is, Jesus is the God-conscious mind in man. Jesus is the God-conscious mind in me. Jesus is this mind within me which knows who and what I am in God and who and what God is in me. This is Jesus. I like the expression that I made in the first lesson in this series where I said that Jesus is not just a historical figure, but Jesus is what's happening right now. So let's say that. Jesus is what's happening right now. Jesus is what's happening right now within me. I like that. Jesus is what's happening right now within me. Together. Jesus is what's happening right now within me. No, God is not a has-been. Jesus is not a has-been. Jesus is what's happening right here and right now within me, within my mind, within my consciousness within my self-awareness. And if I think that Jesus is simply a historical figure or a theological figure, then I miss Jesus. But Jesus is the God-conscious mind within me right here and right now. And the same for the twelve disciples. The twelve disciples are not just a bunch of guys that Jesus scooped up on the waterfront or from the tax office or from sitting under the trees in the shade. But the twelve disciples represent the twelve disciplines, the twelve attributes, the twelve functions of the mind of God in man. The twelve disciples represent the twelve functions of mind in me. Repeat after me. The twelve disciples represent the twelve functions of the mind of God in me. 
And the number 12 is also a very spiritual number laden with esoteric meaning. You find the number 12 in the Bible in many different ways. The 12 sons of Jacob. The 12 tribes of Israel. The 12 seasons of the year. The twelve gates to the New Jerusalem, which really represent the twelve gates of learning. And each disciple of Jesus represents a discipline of your mind, a function of your mind which must be raised to discipleship. You have these twelve functions of mind within your being. And each function must be disciplined, raised to the level of a disciple. For if you do not discipline, train, and teach the twelve aspects... Remember, all I'm offering is the truth. Nothing. Uh-huh. streaming that I just go in. My bad, y'all, that's listening. Sorry. By the way, I'm glad you told me that. Uh, 563-999-3615 if you want to call in and, and, and have a question, any question you got, or, you know, just want to share your experience. Uh, so, 
You have to take responsibility for your own knowledge. You have to take responsibility for your own mind. You have to take responsibility for your own results. I know some of you have come across misinformation and followed that misinformation and it led you nowhere. And I I mean, I had the same experience and I think some getting misinformation is can be a positive because it teaches you what not to to do. You know, but a lot of our misinformation that some people get can be detrimental to your freedom. For example, stuff like GSA bonds and and um, discharge. That could be detrimental. You can get, you know, serious time fooling around with stuff like that. And I still see still people using them and, and doing it. Now, if y'all don't know that the new SF, I think one of those forms now, they're looking for the bank information on it, the newer one, the actual financial institution that is that's uh, for the surety of the individual. They want to know. See, on the old one, it wasn't there. Now it's there. Um, so you're going to have to... Um, do your own studying you're going to have to start paying attention to what you're doing and stop letting people just tell you something and you run with it because at the end of the day you're going to be handling that problem yourself and secondly I know I talk to a lot of people they want a lot they want a lot of things they want wealth they want peace. They want good relationships. So in order to get any of those things, you have to become those things. You have to be the embodiment of a good relationship. You have to think positive on your relationships in order to get a positive relationship. Too many people are going into relationship with a suspicious mind. And if you have a suspicious mind, guess what you're going to get? You're going to attract more suspicious people to you. All the suspicious people are going to come to you. And then the ones that are not suspicious are going to see that suspicious behavior in you, and they're not going to be attracted to that. And they're going to walk away. You want peace? You have to become the peace. You have to be peace in order to get peace. You cannot expect peace, and you're not a peaceful person. Or you don't have peaceful thoughts. You want money, you have to become the wealth. You have to believe in the wealth. That Reverend I clip that I played, you know, through the blog, so yo, those who are on YouTube didn't get it. It says, you cannot be, you will never become wealthy or have a lot of money if you're working for money. Money has to work for you. You have to just, you know, you go to a job, you get a paycheck, that's working for money. But if you're not taking the money, and putting it in something and making it work for you. Like, for instance, I'm, I'm substantially invested in Bitcoin. I know it's down right now, but I'm holding out because I know it's going to go through the roof by the end of the year. And I'm putting in some money every week towards it and letting it build up. So I'm letting my money work for me. Because I believe, I know that that right there is going to be, that's going to make a lot of people millionaires. 
if they stick with it. You know, some people jumped out when it started dropping and they got scared and they got nervous. But, hey, the stock market goes up and down. And now that the, the bigger banks are getting involved, they're starting to manipulate it. Eventually, it's going to be just like the stock market. Bitcoin is going to be the new gold standard. Because I don't know if y'all looked at that first stimulus bill that came out. They were developing a digital dollar. So if you want to be wealthy, you have to have your money work for you. So you, that means do your research and study ways of making your money work for you. Another way money can work for you, buying properties and renting them out, buying apartment buildings. And I know that, you know, that, that could be a substantial investment, but if it's a, you know, a few of you putting in money together, it can be done. Me and a brother was talking about doing another business. I'm not going to bust it out on here until we get it done. But I, that reminds me, I need to write that down so I can call that brother tomorrow and talk about that so we can get that going. You know, start taking your money and have it multiply. Have it circulate. That's how you become wealthy. You're not going to come wealthy with one source of income. You're not going to do it. It's just not going to happen that way. If you talk to people who have become wealthy, they did multiple things and had money coming in from different directions. And that's the only way you're going to receive extreme wealth. And lastly, before I get into the teachings and this thing that I've been thinking about and on my mind for the last couple of days, I did a, a, a live video yesterday talking about the guy Kwame Brown and how brothers have to get together. Stop worrying about everybody else. Stop worrying about the Koreans. Stop worrying about the white man. Stop worrying about the system. Stop worrying about the sisters. We need to start getting our stuff together. Because if we have our stuff together, people will follow us. Why? Because when you look at men of color, they dominate, you know, in, 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 in these, these sports arenas and anything they touch once they put their mind into it. But it's just a few of us doing that. But now just take that into a business level. We could, we could become the dominating force just by simply saying, I don't need these establishment to create my wealth. We can stop, start pooling our funds together, working together, coming up with contracts that are fair on all sides, put everything in writing. Because a lot of times where we fall out, of, we don't put anything in writing. And I know that's an old ancestral thing, handshake thing we used to live by, but we we can't live by that anymore because so many people's minds are tainted with all of this, you know, with negativity. We need it in writing to say how things are going to work so no one can be uh, left out or no one could have a misunderstanding as to that contract that we put together. So there's no, well, I thought you said this. No, it's in writing. Now, we don't have to like each other to build a business together. We don't have to love each other and be, you know, visiting each other's houses and all of that. We don't have to do that. I mean, look at all the other groups. Half of them, most of them don't like each other, but they still know how to do business with each other. And that's our issue. Our issue as 
men of color, we is always one person or two people in the group that want to shine, that want to be, it's me that's doing it. First of all, stay away from people like that. Don't even do business with any, like, anybody like that because those people like that, once things get really good, they're going to they're gonna take off in, 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 into another direction because they're totally selfish and narcissistic. They don't care about how you look. They just care about how they look. So you want to get in business with good brothers that are not looking to show off, and they just want to build a legacy for their family. And there's a lot of good brothers out there that are willing to work with each other. I, I hear them all the time. I I talk to them all the time. Most of the people that come over to this station and want to listen to what I have to say pretty much are like that. Because that's me. That's how I am. So people are attracted to like people. There might be a few in there, but, you know, we'll be able to weed them out. We have to stop fighting amongst each other over stupid stuff or, or small things. We th- Bigger things are at stake here. Our economy is, is is trash as a people. We have a terrible economy. We have a spending economy. We have a deficit economy. We have an economy where our dollar goes to every other group of people except for us for the most part. And I know so oh well it's just they doing this and doing that. That is true. But listen, if we as men take the lead and take control of that and keep our foot down, they'll come along. And the ones that don't come along, and the ones that don't come along, they'll just be over there somewhere else. We don't need them. It's just only for people that want to really do something, you know, really want to make a change, you know. Stay away from people that sit on their platforms or anywhere and they just talk about other people to make themselves look good. They are not going to lead you to success. They're just looking for their own glory. And that's the problem. We are going, we're looking at the bling bling instead of how large that bank account is. Because that's where it matters. That money in that bank is where it matters because that's going to determine how you take care of your children, where you're going to live, and what legacy you're going to be leave behind. We all been through it as a people. Somebody died and we, they got to scrape up money to, to for the funeral. That's the first thing. Well, how are we going to pay for this? It, that shouldn't be a problem for us. You know, let's see what the, what is the chat saying? We really got to get it together, brothers. If you say we're supposed to be the leaders, we're supposed to be in charge. We're the men. Then we got to take on that responsibility of securing our financial future. Somebody said Michael Payne said he's in Dodge Dogecoin. Uh, 
I, 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 I'm just saying this is not financial advice. I'll take some of that and throw it in some Bitcoin. Um, I think Dogecoin was a, a fad. And you might get some more play out of it, make some money on it. But it was a, it was, it was created as a joke. But you know, if you look at the patterns of Bitcoin, it follows the same pattern. It'll go up and come back down and settle, and then it just shoots, keeps shooting through the moon. It keeps settling back at a higher price every time. So I would, you know, I had those coins. I made the money and got out. The mother coins. Uh, the people in the industry that's been around for a while, they call every other coin a shit coin. And eventually, because some of those coins are built on technologies that don't exist. They say, well, we're doing this, and then, then, you know, they don't get those technologies off the ground, and the coin goes to the crap. So, But the only one that is, you know, I, I think is here for the test of time is that Bitcoin. You know. Cardano, I had that too. I made my money, got out of it too. <laughs> I, and I went back into Bitcoin. I believe if you're going to get those other coins, those altcoins, get your money, get out. Get your money, get out. Because one day you, they'll just crap out and you can't get anything. And that has happened. Um, yeah, brothers, we got to work together to do our thing, man. We gotta, We have to stop worrying about everybody else. Yeah, I know... Some of y'all might have sisters that are do, giving y'all a hard time. Take your focus off of them and take put your focus on your pocket. And your your mental and your spiritual, your peaceful and financial health. Put put your focus on that and guess what happens? You're going to vibrate in such a high way that she's going to follow or maybe she's not. But most times they do. If they care, they will. Just do your thing. See, we spend a lot of times trying to get people straight, get a, get them straight. Hey, you know, I need to. No, nah, that's too much focus. I ain't got time to be fixing people. I got to just do what I got to do. And when I put my focus on my business and things like that, life is peaceful. Life is good. I get to do do good things. You know, Beth and I went and just took a little getaway right here in Charlotte and had a great time, ate good food and peaceful. Why could I do that? Because I focused on my business. And I focused on trying to change her and the things, little things that I was having issues with. And you start to realize those little issues that you think you have issues with, they're not really issues. They're just mental figments of the mind that you create to make a problem out of. And that's a constant, you know, I'm not, I'm saying this like this easy. It's not, it's not easy. It's a constant work. But you must be mindful of it. Just do your thing and, you know, we, and you're living a comfortable life and this and that. Listen, man, what woman would not appreciate a man making things comfortable and peaceful? I don't care what kind of hard life they might have had or whatever. Everybody wants peace. For the most part, even though they acting like they don't or behaving in such a way. Right. My brother said, I have to remind myself daily to ignore how she treated me and focus on how I'm treating myself. Good, good one right there. 
Focus on you. Make sure you are treating yourself well. How do you treat yourself well by having positive thoughts? Because when you have not negative thoughts and you're thinking all these ill will thoughts, that's not treating yourself well. That's putting yourself in stress, in a constant state of negativity, and that's what you're going to attract. You know. All right. Remember. Remember. Five six nine 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 three six one five. Call into that number and I will get you. I will pick up the line and we can chat, do whatever. Whoever's on YouTube, that's the number to call. All right. All right, let's get into this lesson of the day. Let's get into this. So let's let me uh pull it up. This is Trinity versus Pagliaro. Turn the music down a little bit. About the law business, the legal industry, is some of the most important things about law are actually so simple that they're easy to overlook. And there are only about four very simple truths, and if you know and understand these truths, you will be empowered to win. Here's the first great secret. Where does the court get its jurisdiction? We have a two-tiered court system. There are the Supreme Courts and their tribunals. There are courts of inferior jurisdiction. When we're talking about Supreme Courts, like the United States Supreme Court and the Oklahoma Supreme Court. Where do they get their jurisdiction? They get their jurisdiction because of who they are. But what about these courts of inferior jurisdiction? Where do they get, where do they get their authority? The courts of inferior jurisdiction are empowered to act by pleadings sufficient to invoke their judicial authority which means that the people, the people, not the attorneys, the people that walk into that court empower that person in the black robe to be a judge. Okay, did you hear what he just said? Now, when I play it again, the other guy's going to say, oh, did you hear that? But did you hear what he just said? I've been telling y'all. I've told y'all time and time again, it's all about jurisdiction. And the only way they give the, get jurisdiction is by what you say and what you do. And he said pleading sufficient to invoke their authority. So your paperwork must reflect a pleading or a motion to invoke them to do something. You see what I'm saying? What has happened, and I am partly guilty of this, We have listened to people who we think have authority tell us what this really meant. It's your pleadings. It's your emotions. It's what you put on paper that make them do what they do. Lawyers don't have the authority. Let me say this. This is a ministry. This is spiritual teachings. This is not legal advice. If you want a legal advice, go get you a lawyer. There are plenty of them on 
If you do 411, whatever, Google search them. There's plenty of them that want your money. But let me let me just make this clear. It's what you say. So if you're going in there as yourself, propia persona, you're the only one with power in that courtroom, not the attorney. Although they try to play like these attorneys got power, he doesn't have a witness sitting there. He doesn't have a person or the people to invoke the judicial authority of the court. Let me keep going. Listen closely to what this guy just said. It is earth-shaking and game-changing. It puts the ball in your hands. What is he saying exactly? An injured human being has to show up in court and testify under oath that they have been injured, period. Prosecuting attorneys testify like they are the injured party, and they are not the injured party. They don't get to testify because they are not the ones injured, but they do it all the time because no one puts them in their place. Trinzi versus Pegliaro states statements of counsel in brief or an argument are not sufficient for summary judgment. If the judge doesn't like it, it's too bad. The Supreme Court, this is a Supreme Court ruling, and basically what it's saying is to the lawyer, shut up and sit down. You don't get to testify. Jurisdiction has four corners on it. It's a four-legged table. And if you take away one of those legs, it's not a court anymore. You win when you know how See, once you take that leg away from them, they got no power. And that's why I tell you, see, jurisdiction can raise at any time, even if, even after, even after they render the judgment. It's the only thing that, one of the only things you could raise at any time in a proceeding. So if you're jumping out the gate, Let's just say it's a foreclosure case. You're jumping out the gate and you're challenging jurisdiction. They got to prove it. So what happens? Lawyers are coming in there saying, oh, my, my, my client is hurt because they haven't played the bill in so long. Okay, where's the client? Where is the client? Do y'all, are y'all getting this? Where is he? Where is this client that I can question under oath? Oh, what they'll bring is a bank representative that say they they looked at these records and the records state that this person is this many months and this amount behind. Okay, that's all well and good. That's the type of affidavits they'll they'll have on the record. But you, if they do that, you have the right to subpoena that person who wrote that statement. But the bigger thing is. Is that the same person that sat across the table from you when you signed those mortgage documents? See, what people are doing, especially in foreclosure cases, they're using these old cases of, well, the mortgage is this and the mortgage is fraud and this and that. They're fighting it that way way, and they lose every time that way because now you gave the court through your pleading, through your answer, saying that, well, there is a mortgage somewhere. You did sign something that 
mortgage, you know, and the mortgage note is is fraud. It, you just gave an admission in your case. Instead of just saying motion to dismiss before lack of jurisdiction, there is no one here that can state a claim sufficiently to win this, to, for them to get it, you know, to, to win. Or the other way to say it, there's no one here of uh, failure to state a claim for which relief can be granted. Why do I say failure to state a claim? Yeah, the lawyer made allegations, but who is here officially making this claim? This is why they have to put your name in all caps on that caption. Because what they're not addressing you, they're addressing the estate. And they know the estate cannot speak for itself, so it puts them on equal footing as they are because they know the bank can never speak for itself. So the first thing you need to be attacking is how they got your name styled in the caption. First thing. See, I I got this clearly. I see it, you know, from beginning to end. Because I've been laser focused on this whole jurisdiction thing. He just said, the people give them the power of jurisdiction. And see, how the court steals jurisdiction from you is through your own ignorance. You see? See, somebody put in, where are the damages? No, that's the wrong question. Where are the damages? Now you're arguing again. I don't need to argue. All I got to do is say, there is no one here with a proper claim that can walk away with a proper judgment. Until you bring the proper party in here that can be questioned under oath, there is no jurisdiction. There is no personal jurisdiction here. All right, let's keep going. To invoke the court's jurisdiction when you empower that judge to make the decision that you want that judge to make. You empower the judge. That's the second great secret is the Constitution, state constitutions, statutes, laws, rules, what meaning do they have as you read them in their black and white print? They don't really mean anything except a hint, a suggestion of what the law is. Well, we have a common law system. Now, now listen, it's a common law system. Let me pause you. Now... I mean, we common law. This is is this common law. This is common law. You know these people don't even know what common law mean, mean that's just running around saying it because I'm about to read to you what the common law and he's going to tell you what common law is. But the way he explains it, you can't get confused, but I'm going to take all of that confusion away today. Watch. Let me let him do his explanation. What that means. To find out what the law is, we have to find out what the Supreme Courts have said that that particular law means. Now, that's the second great secret. We have a means of finding out what the law is. It's written down. Where do we find the common law? Where is the common law? It's the federal and state 
annotated statutes. Did you hear what he just said? Because he said again, the common law is a federal and state annotated statutes. This is what he said, and I'm going to read you the definition. See, you had you had these gurus telling you, "Oh, is this a common law?" Yes, it is because they're using the statutes against you, but it has to be the annotated ones. That is the real common law. See, they don't even know what common law is, and y'all and people are using that in their argument and losing every time. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna let, let me let him finish. And a secret. They don't want you to know that. If you can read the annotated statutes, now you know what the law is. The state annotated statutes. Those annotated statutes are going to tell me what the law is. But they're going to publish the holding. They're going to tell you the essence of that decision. And that essence of that decision out of that case is that one paragraph, that one sentence, or maybe just that one phrase that you need to win, and, and that's all you need. Trinity versus Pagliaro is one of the most important cases that has ever been decided by the United States Supreme Court. But Trinity versus Pagliaro is absolutely earth-shaking. The holding of Trinity versus Pagliaro, statements of counsel in brief or argument, are not sufficient for a summary judgment. Take it to heart. It's not sufficient for a summary judgment or a motion to dismiss. Now, let me deal with the latter. A lot of times when you guys come into court and you do a suit, they do a motion to dismiss or a a summary judgment. A judge can't give them a, a win on that. And see, a lot of people will argue a summary judgment, well, it can't be um, any issues of genuine dispute for them to win. See, now you're arguing with attorney. Remember what he just said. They're the ones making the pleading. Their statements mean nothing. Because you get the right to question whoever under oath, so they can't even give them summary judgments. They can't give them motion to dismiss if just just a lawyer standing there. Although they do it all the time, the reason why they get away with it because you don't challenge it. So I know a lot of y'all already have suits going against these people, and you're gonna the first thing they're gonna hit hit you with is a summary judgment in their favor or a motion to dismiss. That a good, Any good lawyer would do that because it keeps them from having to answer your complaint or delay it. So they'll do that to delay it. And your, your response is, wait a minute, statement from counsel? It's not sufficient because that's what he'll be doing, making statements. And he cannot be a witness. He has to present sworn affidavits and witnesses, sworn witnesses. To, those are real evidence. That's evidence. His words are not evidence. You see? See, we still got somebody talking about holding security interests and no, the bank interest is debit and the asset. Yeah, they do all of that, but you go arguing that stuff in the court, you will lose. See, I don't focus on stuff like that. I focus on one thing. 
do you have a right to have me in this courtroom with whatever allegations you have? Let's get that. Where's your jurisdiction to have me here? And who is here that can testify with the facts? And if they don't have that, then there's no need to talk about what they're doing with the note. I don't need to talk about whether they're making security interests. It's a waste of time to me. Because if I'm in that stage of the game and I'm arguing that, I've already lost. I've already lost. And see, people are focusing on the wrong thing. It's not about you. And I I learned this from a, a, a guy who's been doing this for a long time. It's not about you. It's about them proving what they say about you. And if they don't have another individual who witnessed you do anything firsthand, then it's not a fact. Now, before I move on, let's go to this whole, let's, let, 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 no, let me let, I'll let this play out what he said. Then I'll go to the common law issue and shut all of the, the so-called people who know what they're talking about down. Memorize it. Get a tattoo that says it. Because that is one of the most important principles on law, in law. And that is one of the most powerful things that you will ever learn and have to use. That's according to the United States Supreme Court. But that one fourth thing that has probably been missing 50 million times in this country when we got shafted in the court was a competent witness. Where's the competent witness? That's the fourth leg on that table. That table doesn't have four legs. That court did not have jurisdiction, period. You've got to have somebody at some point in time before the judgment raise their hand and testify under oath and subject to cross-examination or it's nonsense. Did you hear him? Somebody got to testify, raise their hand under oath in order for it to be a fact or even presented as fact. Without that, there is no fact. So what happens? Y'all go on a traffic court and you have this district attorney prosecutor on, yeah, yeah, blah, 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 blah. Wait a minute. Who, who's here to testify under oath? Damn sure it can't be the cock. He's a charging officer. He needs another person to substantiate that. Isn't that biblical? It takes two witnesses to make a fact? Two or more? He wrote the ticket. He accused you. But he still can't be a bona fide witness. He needs another person. Someone with no vested interest in the outcome. See, a police officer has a vested interest in getting that ticket, that thing won. He's already biased. He's already, you know, out there. Oh, I hope this is coming clear. Let me finish this. So if the other side uh, supports their pleadings with an affidavit, which they r- rarely do, but if they do, you subpoena that witness because you want to question them under oath. And the idea that is the kernel of truth in Trinzi versus Pagliaro is a thread that runs through everything. 
criminal, civil. It runs through everything. Administrative. It's, it's got to be there. Everything. It's got to be there. How do I know? Here is a very good statement. And again, this is from an annotated statute. Actual facts, not mere allegations of complaint, are determinative of issue of jurisdiction. And See, actual facts, actual facts determine this jurisdiction. Actual facts. So if there's no actual, let me just give you another scenario. Say you get sued by a debt collector. But for some reason, you don't show up to court. So the, the judge gets up, I mean, the lawyer gets up there and he says, well, he's not here. And he they give them the win by default. They can't give him that win by default because they need, still need actual facts to render a decision. That's a mere allegation if the attorney is doing all the speaking or talking. You can still get that overturned. It's not too late. Remember, I said jurisdiction could happen at any phase. But you have to, you have to let them know. Well, hey, I'm here now. I, I, whatever reason, there was no jurisdiction for this decision to be rendered in the first place because there was no actual facts. There was no one with firsthand knowledge supporting any of these allegations. Now, what I just said. If there's no witness, there's no facts. If there's no facts, there's no what? No jurisdiction. That's not what I think. I think it, but it's not true because I think it. It's true because it's the law. It's the law because the Supreme Court says, yes, yes, you've got to have a competent witness to have that fourth leg on that table or there's no jurisdiction. So you get into a courtroom. There you go, right there. I don't need to play all the other stuff. Now let's go to um, the uh, this common law thing. This is common law. Let me take. Let me make it big for y'all. Bam. They say so. This is the definition. Common law. Common law is law that is derived from judicial decisions instead of this, from statutes. So it's the law that where they case law basically. Authorities. American courts originally fashioned common law rules based on English common law until the American legal system was sufficiently mature to create common law rules either from direct precedents or by analogy to comparable areas of decided law. In the 2019 Supreme Court case, Gamma versus United States, Justice Thomas issued a concurring opinion discussing common law and in particular the role of state decisis in a common law system. Though most common law is found at the state level, there's limited body of federal common law, that is, rules created and applied by federal courts if absent by controlling federal statute. In the 2020 Supreme Court opinion, Rodriguez versus FDIC, a unanimous court quoted an earlier decision to explain that federal common lawmaking must be necessary to protect unequally federal interests. Uniquely, uniquely, I'm sorry. 
in striking down the federal common law rule addressing the distribution of corporate tax refunds. At the state level, legislations often subsequently codify common law rules from the courts of their states, either to give the rule the permanence afforded by a statute to modify it somehow by either expanding or restricting the scope of the common law rule, for example, or to replace the outcome entirely with legislation. An example that gained national attention was the 2018 California Supreme Court decision in Dynamex Operations, West Inc. versus Superior Court, with articulated and three-part tests to determining whether California workers were independent contractors or employees for purposes of California labor law. The California legislature responded by creating a new section of the Labor Code, 2750.3, which codified and explained on the Dynamex holding and went into effect on January 1st, 2020. Note like that, like many statutes responding to the common law rule, California Labor Code Section 2750.3 specifically mentions the Dynamex holding. So what are they saying? Common law is just simply cases that end up in the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court makes a decision on how that law should be interpreted. That's it. So people have, is this a common law system? Is this and that? And they've used these arguments in their cases and lost. Bad. Because they don't understand what common law really is. They didn't study. They went to a seminar. They listened to somebody say something, and they ran with it. So in the common law, and they got this case, Trinity versus Pagliari, they got others comparable to that, that say that actual facts, a witness under oath, an affidavit sworn under penalty and perjury, that's evidence. Eyewitness testimony taken under oath, that's, that's, that's facts. Anything else is nonsense. And too many times we have lost simply because we didn't know that. We didn't pay attention to that. I implore you, I ask that you from here on out, study this, pay attention to the cases you got in front of you, and you'll see that, like he said, most times, 99% of the time, they don't have actual facts in front of the court. You make it a fact by what you say. You make it a fact. You give it jurisdiction. You give it life by what you say when you walk in the court. And if you're not questioning everything on that document based on jurisdiction, then you 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 pretty much lost already. Yeah, somebody said something. There's a part two to that. I'll look that up. Man, I'll do that next week. Part two. You see? So you have to you have to take the jurisdiction away if you want to win these courts. You have to make them and see one of the things that uh, courts once that jurisdiction is challenged, they have to give you clear answer to why they have jurisdiction. A judge can't just sit up there and say, "I, I have it because of this, that, and the other." You see. So, 
There you go. Y'all let hearsay evidence win. Another thing is hearsay, hearsay, when they send you those bills in the mail. Hey, you owe me some money. That's hearsay, too. You have a right to challenge it. Um, that was it. Let me see. who. Let me see if anybody had their hand up. Nope, nobody got their hand up. I guess I'll be teaching all too well. <laughs> I don't have no questions. Let's see what's going on in the chat. Let's see. Y'all gonna let me off early. Um, you know, let's see what's going. On. There's just some chit chat about securities. Maxim said, "There's a part two. He makes it very clear the county clerk recording office and county clerk officer because it's alien custodians, property, and contract settlements." to have a court records. Okay. There you go. Yeah, I got to look at that. That's interesting. I'm going to look at that. I, if I if I read it and I find it interesting enough, I might just come on this week and teach it. You know. I wouldn't mind talking to this guy if he's still around. Oh, oh somebody got their hand up there. Let's see what's up. Hey, hey. Peace. Hey, peace. Peace, God, buddy. How you doing? Hey, what's going on? Peace, God. Everything's good. Everything's good. How are you doing? Great. Awesome. Life is, is, good. is always good for me. Very good show again. Again, I, I think between Rebernack, Neville Goddard, uh, Akeem L., and uh, Dr. Daniels, I'm getting a holistic view of life. You know, I'm, I'm finding the invisible within. It's becoming visible within me. And, and just, uh, right. you know, remembering who I am is a huge mm-hmm. component of jurisdiction. Absolutely. You know, because the, the factor of free will um, and the fact that we're we're kind of the I am over our vessel ship, our body, our little galaxy. It's like uh, they they really do have to establish some link of jurisdiction where we've granted the, our free will to them, and uh, yes, they, they have. have to prove it. And, and if there's no yeah. oath, uh, if there's no if there's like uh, was it Trenzi Pagliari? If if it's just the uh, representation of people representing another corporation, there's no injured party and there's no oath and there's no penalty of perjury, just like you were saying. So there's, there's no fact in the case. So there's nothing to argue. There's only simply uh, yeah, right. to question the magistrate or judge. Are you, are you willing? Are you attempting to trespass on a sacred trust? You know, but you don't have to, if you challenge, you probably don't even have to. No, you right. just listen. I don't. I know that they're trespassing, right? Because they put the name in all, all caps. So, but I don't. You know, I don't bring that out. I just say, listen. You know, I don't have much to say here because there's no jurisdiction here, and here's why. And let them sit there and and, 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 and flail in the wind. But usually, mm-hmm. when they, when I challenge when I challenge jurisdiction, right? 
that, they change the date of the court date. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They give they themselves more time. Right. Well, yeah. they just don't have they don't have the mental capability to, to fight that because they see, especially in traffic tickets, they have they have a system. We we give the guy a ticket, we let him plead out of the lesser charge and still get money out of him. That's what they're doing. That's their whole program. So you come in yeah, and you like throw that little wrench in them. They don't know how to argue that. They've been their program right, right. things one thing, one way. Right. You see. So that's Two. why they, you think that's why they got that little blue book where they look at it and it ultimately says, okay, if he asks this, say this, and if he asks this, then move the date out and then talk to us. It's kind of like telemarketing almost. It's it, well, uh, I don't know, but I don't know. They, I just think they don't know how to fight it because it's. They're happy. They're so used to people just come. Thank you, Your Honor, for charging me for this ticket. Like they did a favor, you know. Mm-hmm. The plan is the whole plan is okay. Get them for the highest amount fee, then come in and plead them down. Get to get whatever we can get out of them, and send them on their way. So that system, that's just how it works. They're not trained or used to. Mm-hmm. Litigating a case like that when you start talking, right. you see. Mm-hmm. So they said, "Well, I got a uh, you know in the courtroom. Who? How many people they convicting of traffic offenses on the deal? A bit hundred, two hundred cases in, in a day. One courtroom, mm-hmm. maybe. And and, and it, they're getting money out of ninety nine point nine percent. They don't care about that one person go away, get away. And that's what I'm trying to do. I'm going to be that one person." Mm-hmm. Smart. Very prudent. John Doe, you are absolutely wrong. If you if you appear in person to argue jurisdiction, you have already granted it. That's not true. <laughs> That's not true. I'll believe that one if you if you if you I've challenged it right there in their face. Oh, we need to reschedule this so I can prepare myself. And next you know the case appears. Yes. And first of all, if you do your paperwork in per or ahead of time, you won't have to appear. Right. See, a lot of people are not doing anything before they get to court. They just show up. You can't. No, you lost if you just show up and you haven't entered a proper answer or motion. If you if you've done your motion or your precipice to the court and the clerk has it in timely fashion before, then you uh, you're going in with standing. Right. 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 <laughs> it's not true. If you just show up. See, I never show up there where, see, court is not, see, when you go to court, that's the proceeding. That's the, the hearing. That's not court. What court is is the actual paperwork. That's the court. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That, that's where the court starts, right there. But it, just think about it. You ever get a, 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 a suit and it says, well, you have 21 days to answer or we're going to enter a default judgment. So if you don't answer, all right. you automatically lose. It, there's a contract there. So you have mm-hmm. to answer. You have to do something. A lot of people show up to court. Oh, I don't want to give them jurisdiction. And guess what? They get a default judgment against them. And now they have to deal with someone. I know plenty of people who have Follow that on the reason that he just meant it. Don't show up because you're giving them jurisdiction. And they go there, and guess what happens? 
they don't go there. And I, I, this a woman I know lost her children over that. Mm-hmm. The husband. That's because they got custody of the children, their... and she had to pay right. child support because she followed what he suggested. Don't go. You go to court. You, you, you giving them jurisdiction just by showing up. Okay, if I'm if someone brings me into a fight, right? If I'm I'm you know I didn't want to be there, and I just stand there or I do nothing, and a person is throwing rocks or doing whatever or swinging at me, and I don't defend myself, then what happens? I lose, right? Same thing with a court case. If I don't properly address that issue, even though I know they don't have jurisdiction, I gotta make that I gotta put it out there. That they don't have jurisdiction. And it, here it is: truth is automatic contempt in corporate court if you argue in jurisdiction. Truth and misinformation again. He's going to timeout. <laughs> <laughs> timeout. Misinformation. See, he's thinking the same way all of these other guys are doing. They, he's thinking, oh, if you argue, no, I don't ever get hit with contempt or, or they don't come at me like that because the way I put, put, do the paperwork, it's not, there's no contempt there. <laughs> I never got threatened with contempt of court. I know people who have, but they go in there with arguments like he suggests. You start talking trustees and corporate this. You start opening your mouth and start talking trustees and calling in a corporation. You're immediately going to get labeled as a U.S. citizen, uh, a, 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 a sovereign citizen, and they're not hearing anything more from you. All right, you got anything else? I got a couple, another caller. Yeah, no, that's good, man. I'm just, uh, yeah, take the other callers. Good talking to you. All right, thanks. Yeah, I put him in timeout. He he giving y'all misinformation. He'll come back in five minutes. He going in the timeout room. <laughs> Just like I see, I don't teach from a place of hearsay. Never did I, I none of I what I'm talking about is hearsay. I got proof. And on top of that, when I had other teammates with me. If you go back and listen to all of those shows, there was only one person who was winning fresh cases and had people coming in and saying they were winning based off my consultation and things I was telling them to do. Go back. I ain't going to sit. Go back and listen. Who was it? There's a whole commercial where uh, that we made over that. So... So, you are absolutely right. He said, Akeem the Dream, I'll put it up. He said, I was in court last month. I didn't write anything before Before he called me up. I said I want all charges because nothing is signed in the penitentiary. The judge said I, I rescheduled. Yeah, you better, you took a big risk there. You better uh, challenge that jurisdiction. But if you write a motion, you, you, I can probably settle it before. Yes, that's the problem. You got to tell them. You got to direct that. Since you are the power in the court, you got to tell them what to do. You have to direct them, you know. They don't know what to do if you don't tell them. All right, let's go to the next one. 
Yeah, what's up, uh, my brother? Hey, what's, what's going on? Peace. Hey, man. Hey, man, not much, man. Hey, this guy, man, Max in New Orleans, brother. Oh, I like to say New Orleans all day. Hey, New Orleans, <laughs> what's hey. going on? Hey, man, not much, man. Hey, you know that video that you got? Now, that's a part one. You probably got that part one right there about uh, two that's hours good, ago. Yeah. You said it was the part two, right? right? So I heard that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, but yeah, part two, man, right? So he's going to make it very clear that you could go back on any case, any conviction, any um, anything that happened in that courtroom, because that court is responsible for all judgments, for sentence, for uh, warranty by the judge. That court yep. is called the Alien Custody of Property and Contract Settlement. Now, you need to look that up on Title 50. Now, I forgot what I the know. code is. I didn't know what the clerk right. court. The clerk court is a naturalization mm-hmm. agent. They have to make you a U.S. citizen to have jurisdiction. That's right, Bob Bray. That's right. right. That's right. But also, check this out, kids. You cannot have a public hospital, a county hospital, or a state hospital in that county without that clerk. You cannot have right. a bridge or an interstate or a road in that county without that county clerk. You cannot right. have a project to a wealthy neighborhood in that county without that clerk. You cannot have five city or ten city with ten mayor and a hundred city councilors in that county. I don't care what city it is, small bed in that county without mm-hmm. that county clerk recorded office. You cannot have a judge or a sheriff, a state trooper in that county that station there without that county clerk recorded office. Kawhi, they are the alien consortium property of all contract settlements. No matter what. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You go back on the judgment. If you listen to that part two, he'll tell you. He went back on all case. If the case was not filed, they went after the clerk. And trust me, the clerk got out of trouble. So you, you said that? he's saying it need to be filed in the county recorder's record. That's right. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Well, look. When the city officer write a speedy ticket, that's supposed to be in the courtroom, not on the road. But if you're smart, every county's got a, a small claim courtroom. If you not find your uh, small claim in the, in the county court, you can actually win. You see what I'm saying? Right. But this I already knew, brother. I already knew this a long time ago. You know, I downloaded that video about five years ago. Yeah, I told on this. Me, Five years ago, mm-hmm. basically right. when we started, we talked about this case. But I think people didn't get it, and they really don't understand how up this case or just know it. It's not just that too. It's just going. Oh yeah, nah. oh yeah, I got it. You know, check this out. In July, I'm about to get the business loan. Once I get the business loan, I'm gonna stop driving the truck for a month. So what I'm gonna do is go to the county clerk in Orleans and Dallas County. And I'm gonna go back and look at old case. If they're not filed in the record, like the judge took about ten years, right? You know what I'm if they're not filed in the county clerk recorded office, guess what? That whole conviction is valid. If you pay attention to what he said, if you've been convicted or your house been taken, it's invalid. It was not recorded at the I'm gonna have to look office. that up. I have to look that's that right. up. Go back on yeah. part two, brother. Trust me, you know you love right, that video. All right, I'll do that. I'll do that. Uh huh. 
I'll oh, teach yeah, you. Hey, great show, bro. I love your show, man. All right. Thank you, brother. Thanks for participating. Hey, hey, look. I will support your show all the time. Thank you. Thank mm-hmm. you. I appreciate the support. Thank you. Yeah, all right. Guys, bro. Guys, all right. So someone said, how to deal with cops when they demand your information? If you get stopped for any reason, we are not obligated to give them information, right? Uh, it depends. Well, you're really not obligated. That's true. But you just really want to have that argument with them on the side of the road? These cops crazy, man. These cops crazy. Don't do anything to jeopardize your life, bro. Yeah, that's right. Child support, they don't want to see jurisdiction. That's one of the cases that when you say jurisdiction, they run from that. They run from from that there. You see? What was that Title 55? I don't know what you mean. Title 55. You talking about what the brother was talking about? I'm a, he's got a part two. I left the link to the video in there. So you'll find part two through that part one that I showed you. I mean, how would you use the portable speed cameras? That's another. There ain't no witness. <laughs> you can win those all day just on jurisdiction. That's how you run it right there. Motion to dismiss. A failure to state a claim for which relief can be granted. All right, people. I don't have any more callers. And I don't have any more to say. I think I gave y'all something to think about. So, go study that video and and get yourself together. Uh, Just to let y'all know. Thursdays is Divine Connection Show with Jessica and Tasia. Sundays is uh, Bathsheba Show, Raising Independent Thinkers. She had a good show last week or just a couple of days ago. Oh, somebody got their hand up. Let's see. Let's see. I'm about putting the outro music. (laughs) All right. Let's see what they want. Six eight two two three two. I apologize, brother. I I, I forgot to raise my hand. I appreciate it again, Good. once again. A great show, God. Great show. Great Thank show. Uh, I just had one quick question. I was uh, wanted to ask you. Uh, I know you don't necessarily teach recruitment, but I know you had mentioned one time that another brother that you affiliated with uh, teaches on recruitment, and I would really. You know, like this. Uh, I could, you know. kind of in a way, I I facilitate the teaching of that through that brother. So oh. in order to get that teaching, you have to be a part of that private membership. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. okay. Jack, you go to him, set it up. But we have week monthly classes where we do go over those that process in the okay. membership. Okay. Well, yeah, I'm I'm trying to work up to it. Uh, I really have you on. Oh, you're not ready to go that far. You don't want to be a part of the membership. There's a product on my site called the Nationality and Trust webinar. It's it's $7.99, and it has both showing you how to do the passport, and it has that recruitment process. But it's just it shows you what you can do, but you still got to get with that brother to get all of that stuff done. Yeah, that would be the thing because uh, (laughs) I, I, I 
Yeah, okay. Because oh, one one more question. I was uh, just want to inquire about your uh your uh driver license webinar um mm-hmm. just real quick. I I see that it includes the the templates and uh, I get uh, believe videos is 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 I'm sure it's super detailed, correct? <laughs> yeah, just like I do my shows. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. Well, it's even more detailed cuz you see the templates, I tell you what to do, give you complete instructions. And the reason why it's, it's detailed because I did it. I did it. I, okay. So it's not... See, when you listen to other channels of people teaching, they give you yeah. roundabout answers. Oh, I know. I, I don't listen because to other... They didn't, because they didn't do it. <laughs> so, yeah. yes, driver's yeah. license webinar is a detailed step-by-step how to okay. go ahead and get your yeah. nationality corrected driver's license, yes. Okay, yeah, because I, I basically, you know, done some other things where I am pretty much, my nationality has changed, name changed, and all that good stuff, but I had oh. went back to, to uh, basically uh, regain my, my uh, driver's license, and, that. and so I was wanting to inquire about that because I am, you know, I have changed my nationality and all that good stuff. All that's done. All that's done. I apologize. Oh, all right. Okay. All right. Thank you again for your time, brother. Okay, brother. Peace. Thank you. Okay. Uh, right, peace. Peace. Uh, someone said, Akeem is limitless. Got my passport back in 10 days. No question asked. Much thanks. Yes. See? Boom. 10 days. Record time. That's mostly how people, when they do expedited, that's mostly how the, when they get it. They get it that fast. Okay. Karen Israel has a question. I have a question. If a person was naturalized into the U.S., where would their records be? Would it be the country we're naturalized in or somewhere else in the state? Uh, depends on which records you're asking about. Your original records of birth would be from the country you were born in. Now, your naturalization records would be, um, I would say that would be up at the federal level. So you got to go to the agency that you were naturalized through. Um so it wouldn't be in the state. It is wherever you did did the process at. Um, but uh, I think the best question is go to where you were naturalized at that aid office, wherever, and ask that question. Hey, I need some records. Where do I get it? But I think you would get it on the federal level, and not on the state level. Curtis Williams said, "Appreciate every, everything." All right, y'all, everyone, thank you for tuning in. And if you want to support, because this is all of what I do is not free. There's my cash app, dollar sign, I key mail. You know, a couple of dollars would help keep this going, you know. Um, but I, I really thank everybody for tuning in. And until next time, until I just – do an impromptu one. I'm probably going to do another. Most likely, I will do another show this week. Um, I got a lot to talk about. I got a lot of records to set straight. And remember, brothers, we need to start working together. Stop hating on each other. You're welcome, Karen. Um, we need to stop hating on each other. Stop worrying about the sisters. You know, they doing their thing. And some of them are just doing it because just out of desperation and hard times. It's still like this is all they got. You know. Worry about yourself.
take care of yourself. Make sure your pockets is full. Make sure you have peace and you're exhibiting loving behaviors wherever you go. And guess what? Nothing but good things gonna happen. And you're gonna, you, you know, you can, you're gonna be attracted. They're gonna be attracted to you by your, by just by your essence and who you are. You see? Yeah. If y'all want to be notified, hit the bell. If y'all, you know, like the show, hit the like button. Get it up. I, we had a nice showing this this evening, and I appreciate y'all. Peace.